people, dressed as they are, come from all over the United States to make deals here in the marketplace of America. Let's make a deal. And now, here's America's top trader, TV's big dealer. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and welcome everyone to this quaint little radio program. My name is Spud Goodman. (laughs) Spud Goodman. (laughs) I hope everyone listening is having a swell time, and and we can hopefully add to that swellness. I understand the responsibility I have as host of this program. You know, I do have the power to bring greater happiness, or send your mood straight into like semi-despair. So rest assured, I plan on the former, not the latter. That's life is tough enough, you know, right? Okay, let's get this show started on an up note with a hearty chuckle from our designated laugher. Gina, anytime you're ready. <laughs> All right, well done. And now I'm supposed to acknowledge our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Wave or something to you know, the people listening. At least they know you're in the studio or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you do not have a TV show anymore, Spud. Yeah, I'm aware this, of that. This is radio, so no one can see me wave. Hell no, you can't! Maybe, but how many times have I told you less is more? Everyone will appreciate your attempt at brevity, as they all have busy lives. They don't have any time for small talk. Uh, All right. Uh, How about I just say how excited I am to be here and that we have a great show for everyone. Yeah, I guess that'll that'll be okay. Since you already said it, no need to repeat it. All right. Super. Well, I got it. But say, I wanted to bring this up to everyone in the studio and those listening. Last night, I was called by one of those polling companies, and they asked me all sorts of questions, not just about the election and who I was voting for. They wanted to know a great deal about me, my income, my religion, my favorite dessert. It went on and on. I was exhausted at the end of the call. People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. Well, why didn't you take the fifth? I never tell those polling people anything when they call. You know, unless I'm subpoenaed, I'm not giving anything up. I am not a rat, okay? Anyway, D- Derek, is it too much to ask a personal assistant to have a fresh bottle of Pepto Bismol ready for me? I mean, can you not see I only have backwash right now? Oh, this bottle, I'm right getting tea off uh, of you. What? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I brought a few extras and put them in the fridge for you. I'll, I'll go get one. 
Look, your job is to project into the future as to my, my needs and what they're going to be and be ready at that moment. Now I'm going to have to wait like five or six seconds until you walk to the fridge to retrieve a fresh bottle. I can never get those five or six seconds back. You need to focus on your job, man. All right, I'm sorry, Spud. I'll try and think ahead from here on out. Uh, say, can I take my break now? I, I think it's time. By law, I am supposed to get, this is you a, know... This is an hour show. How many breaks do you need? Well, current labor practices recommend that I... No, that look, I get just, my... just get me the Pepto and then take your 15-minute nap, okay? Now, where was I? Well, the, the polling people calling all the time. Right, right. It's, but, you know, they're not a judicial body, so no need to take the fifth, as you said. These are private polling firms. Candidates and companies hire them to find out what the public's thinking. That's so hot. Man, this country is so divided, I don't know if the information these polling companies come up with is a good thing or not. I mean, you can have a poll and on one cable news channel, they interpret it one way, and on another cable news channel, they'll say the numbers mean something totally different. We all may be better off than just not seeing any polls until this election's over. Well, you're correct on the divided country concept. I read an article in USA Today at my dentist's office, and it talked about this. It said we seem to be reverting more and more to our tribal instincts, Displayed by our ancestors at the dawn of civilization. I mean, yeah. I mean, now we have a 3D printer where uh -huh. we can almost make a live person, and we still vote in a guy who we most want to have a beer with. And of course, all of them are rich. So, like, rich guys are going to want to have a beer with any of us. Come and on. And it only makes common sense. Well, it seems to me the only way mankind will be able to survive will be to break down the walls that separate us all. That sounds good, but building walls is trending right now. You should look at Twitter. Yeah. And anyway. I think it's only going to get worse, so I say you better be sure your tribe has what it takes to survive. And I say, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex. Yeah, that sounds rather apocalyptic. I prefer not to think that there is a plan for all of us, and it does not include the people of the earth turning on each other. Well, you don't... You well, I, I've seen many movies about that topic, but right. I continue to hold out hope that we'll all see the folly of all this. Folly? Yeah. What, what the hell does that mean? I think I heard my great-grandfather say that word when I was a little kid. Well, okay, the stupidity of it. Okay? Well, okay, right, okay, yeah. But you know, mankind is all about tribes. When you think about it, tribes for nationalities, tribes for religions, tribes for sports teams. Yeah. So for those who are now like unaffiliated, I'm thinking they should really give some thought to starting a tribe or, or joining one that is really strong and can kick a lot of ass, you know, if need be. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who wants to be in a wussy tribe? We, well, it's not all about brute strength, Spud. The moral authority of a tribe can be a very powerful thing, too. Yeah, I mean, oh, I heard for a long time that geeks were going to rule the earth someday. That was always my hope. But I have a hard time believing dudes that look like Bill Gates or Paul Allen could go all games of, you know, Game of Thrones on everybody, uh, you know, when the time comes. I think being all buffed out is definitely the way to go. It's a plus when things go to hell, you know? Well, they're always going to be bigger and stronger foes. So that's not always the answer in defending one's turf. If things got really wild and out of control, those with the best minds will ultimately win out as the brain is a more powerful tool than a sword. When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at my vag in the mirror. It looks better looking than before. You know, then I'm totally screwed. Yeah. You know, I do own a BB gun if things go all Mad Max, but that's probably not going to do much good. I'm going to get outgunned. Yeah, yeah probably not. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm supposed to introduce our musical guests right now, but but damn, you got me on edge here. Uh, I don't need anything to add to my already all-encompassing, you know, paranoia. My new therapist says I need to get a hobby to take my mind off, you know, that end of times deal. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. And I know he's right, but it's just tough 
you know, to stop thinking about yeah, it. Like, yeah. It's always on my mind. I know. I, well, why, why don't you just introduce the band now? That might take your mind off a doomsday scenario. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right, I will be speaking uh, with these guys a little later in the show. All right, here are Strangely All Right.
Bud Goodman Radio Show. What up? It's JB Smooth. Check out Spud Goodman. He's my friend. He's my buddy. And he owes me money. So I got to stay in contact with him. Yeah. Hey, uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Tori Amos, is waiting to speak with All right, you. very cool. She's had an amazing career in the music business. Uh, very many, a whole lot, a ton of successful albums. Well, as you know, covered it. I'm not really familiar with the pop music world. Is Tori in heavy metal or the rap? People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. You really do need to subscribe to something other than that prepper journal. Uh, the end of times may in fact happen, you know, someday, like you're hoping, but you really well, just need to find out what's going on in this world around you right now. Well, when that time comes, and I know for a fact it is right around the corner, I have all my old back issues of the Prepper Journal, and you'll be welcome to borrow any of them. I would rather be swallowed up in a flaming sinkhole than read that rag, okay? When oh. the expiration date of the Earth, you know, happens, a magazine sure isn't going to help anything. Come on. Well, let me speak with Tori, you know, she's written a song for a very, very important documentary on Netflix, Audrey and Daisy. I watched it. Extremely powerful. It's something that people need to see, so put her through. Here she is. Please welcome legendary musician, composer, and true artist, Tori Amos. We appreciate you calling into the show, Tori. Hey, Spud. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me state that you've just released a new song, Flickr, that is available at iTunes and at Amazon. It was written for the very powerful documentary film, Audrey and Daisy, which is now debuting on Netflix and in selected theaters nationwide. Uh, yeah, this film deals with a very serious topic, sexual assault, and also sheds light on the current role of social media we, you know, in our culture with victims of abuse. Pretty, pretty powerful film, Tori. Yeah, it's, it's a tough watch, but it's, it's a tough watch, but it's a must watch. And just to walk your audience through, um, let's talk about Audrey's story. So she was sexually assaulted while she was unconscious at a party. Mm -hmm. The boys um, then drew all over her body in marker and wrote what they did to her and then took pictures and then put it up online. Um, then our girls, as well as our boys, started to shame her and she thought her life wasn't worth living so then she killed herself within eight days um now the conversation needs to happen about the fact that we we knew sexual assault was happening across our country and universities but now it's in our high schools and in our middle schools right well, uh, I need to state this too, that a portion of the revenue from downloads of the song Flickr will be donated to Rain, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. I wanted to get that in. So, uh, But Tori, you've been long involved with support groups dedicated to serving these individuals. This goes way back, correct? This goes way back, yeah. Rain, Rain was formed in 1994. Okay, super. Well, um, let me let me move on a little bit to your career because you know I, I want to hit you with this because you're certainly not one to stay in any particular lane as you've over the years you know kind of continued to explore new areas that are often well outside the genre of pop music. I mean the the, the new release, uh, The Light Princess, is a soundtrack from a musical originally staged in the London's Royal National Theatre. Uh, not exactly the standard move for someone who's had seven albums debut in the Billboard Top Ten charts. Well, I think as a songwriter, it's about it's about telling stories through song and evoking um, emotions and feelings in people through music. And so 
whatever genre it is, sometimes you're just drawn to different ones. Well, um, how how was actually? Uh, I mean, that was your first foray into into a, a musical uh, soundtrack. Is that correct? For uh, just be stage live. Yeah, it was um, highly collaborative, working with many people. A musical is made by many people, and it's thrilling because, um, well, you're working with the puppeteers, and you're you're working with the director and choreographer, and and the actors. So it was it was just a blast, absolute thrill to be involved in a musical. Okay, very cool. You know, some have said that Tori Amos is a very, very serious woman. Can I ask if you participate in any goofy stuff like the rest of us, like, say, Frisbee golf or maybe collecting lawn ornaments or just something? Uh, can you throw something out? I, you got to, you know, I'm guessing you do something goofy. I'm married to a Brit who supports Arsenal. Oh. That says it all. Yeah. And And the thing is, sometimes, though, Spud, there are serious subjects, and that are pretty sobering and yes. then you talk about it but then in a conversation you move on to to other subjects and hopefully you know what's life if you can't have a giggle every now and then but married to british a british person you have to be able to laugh i bet i bet so well um i was curious what kind of what music are you currently listening to is there and it's just someone out there that you're really digging right now just curious my i have a niece She's 22. She's throwing the beats down while she is my strainer. She's my yeah. workout trainer. And so she listens to rap. Old school, though. Oh, so, like old school. So that's what we're working out to. All right. Super. If I may, Spud. Yes. I guess you aren't the only adult who enjoys that rap music. My apologies to you. I guess there are others out there. Uh, Tori, uh, I just need one second here. Dude, rap is a very vital genre of music. I feel sad that you continue to live in your own bubble of the Beach Boys and Tony Orlando. Yes, my wife and I do enjoy those bands, so I guess maybe we need to take a listen to some of your favorites. You think? Such as that Biggie Tiny. Biggie Smalls. Uh, uh, Your Tribe Called Something. Tribe Called Quest. And that Public Enemy Number 1. Public Enemy. Yeah, I plead guilty to being partial to old school rap. I know there's a ton of great new stuff too, but I just enjoy it. Like like in rock, I tend to gravitate back, you know, to the Beatles, Stones, and Hendrix at times before I ever crank up a Maroon 5 tune. Okay, I get it. Maybe you could loan me a Biggie cassette so I could listen to it in the car. I, I can try and dub one off if I can ever find my cassette deck. Just let me get back to Tori, okay? Well, um... Lastly, I want, I want to hit you with this. Is there something that Tori Amos still really wants to do career-wise? I mean, you can refer to yourself in the third person because you've earned that right. <laughs> You're funny. You know what? I think that there are, always, there are always adventures to take. I'd love to write music for um, a TV series that yes. goes for many episodes. I think that could be really challenging. And... Um, especially maybe a crime drama or a murder mystery, because, it, 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 again, we're talking about telling story through music, and that's, that's always an adventure. 
You're kind of the ultimate storyteller in your music, actually. I mean, it's kind of like reading a novel, listening to your stuff, you know, each song. So, yeah. Sounds, sounds, yeah, I get that. All right. Okay, well, I know, I know you got all sorts of stuff going on in your life right now, so I'm not going to hold you much longer, but I want to remind everyone that your new song, Flickr, is now available for download at iTunes and at Amazon.com. The film Audrey and Daisy is now being released on Netflix and at select theaters around the country. I highly recommend everyone catch this film. It's, you're not going to forget it. So I, I just want to thank you a bunch for calling into our show. But thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Ms. Tori Amelson, we're going to now give our listeners a brief bit of uh, Tori's new song from the film Flicker. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Getting back to this tribe thing, Uh um, I think it started to get way worse when that Survivor show on CBS came on the air. Like, I don't know, was it 2000? Remember, it was kind of popular back then. Is it it even still on? Yeah, you know, I believe I saw it last week as I was waiting for Criminal Minds to come on. Oh, I I still watch Survivor. I mean, it's just a TV show, though. I doubt it has had any negative impact on society. Did did I ask for my personal assistant's opinion on this topic? You're talking to me? I'm just saying, I think you're exaggerating the whole tribe thing in this country. As you know, I volunteer for the Trump campaign, and I really think Look, that- I really wish you would stop saying this on the air. People may think they're going to get radio cooties now if they keep listening to the show. Look, you'd be surprised how many Trump voters may be regular listeners. They are not our friend. At least my fans listen when they know I might be on the show. Just another reason for, for me to have an increased on-air role around here. Uh, please revert to your role as being seen but not heard, all right? And so as far as Survivor goes, as I was saying, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's played a big part in the current state of dysfunction in this country, in my opinion, you know? I mean, they, they made being in a tribe cool rather than something that, you know, it's, it's breaking down our democracy right now. Before that show, it seemed like it was still okay to be different than others in America. But abs- am I correct on this one? There was well, no talk of building a wall back then before this show. Yeah, yeah, that, that was about the time when the Democrats made such a stink about the election you know back when george uh, bush beat al gore (laughs) yeah well after those hanging chads people were forced to choose which side they were on and voice their opinion Uh, you mean when al gore beat george w bush (laughs) spud spud the supreme court ruled that bush beat gore let's be fair and balanced here yeah, I'm surprised it didn't also rule that the Earth is flat and maybe v- Millie Vanilli didn't really lip sync in concert. I mean, uh, I mean, who, yeah, where are they going to take it from there's there? There's no sense in still holding a grudge after all these years, Spud. Don't, don't you think it's time to move on? I don't think so. Mm, not really. You know, that, that uh, Democrat uh, sort of tribe I belong to will never, ever forget our side got robbed. You know, th- there's comfort in group anger. You know, maybe that's the main drawing card for being in a tribe. It's way more fun to bitch about stuff with others instead of, like, all by yourself. Yeah, I, I think there are many other benefits to forging an alliance with other like-minded individuals. Number one is there are strength in numbers. And with shared interest, it often cements a bond that can be unshakable. Yeah, well, what happens when that shared interest... Well, here's what I was going to bring up. I I didn't really want to go there because I know you're one of these people. Like those ditto heads, and that includes you. Right. Um, I mean, 
You got that tribe, and that's you, I guess. You worship a drug addict, you know, a draft-dodging chicken hawk who, who plays you guys like a cheap Casio keyboard. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. like your tribe doesn't follow lockstep to the directives of that Rachel Madden or whoever? Uh, Maddow. Guys, the MSM is all in for liberals, that's for uh, sure. All right, I don't want to, like, really sound stupid when I do this <laughs> show today. Uh, MSM? Mainstream media. The oh, system right. is rigged, oh. like yeah, Mr. Trump right. says. Okay. Hey, if it was rigged, he would have never gotten past those GOP caucuses in Iowa. It's it's not rigged, okay? I'm sick of hearing that. Hey, can someone check and see if our next guest is on the line? Oh, yeah, I can do that. And I, uh, Spud, I'm being told, oh, I'm excited. Your next guest, Johnny Bench, is holding for you. Wow. Can you believe Johnny Bench is calling into our show? No. I mean, ESPN has him listed as the all-time best catcher in Major League history. But I already knew that. But, you know, it's nice they put it out for other people. I I know. But listen, if you ask him about a catcher's equipment, please don't use that phrase you hear from some announcers, the tools of ignorance. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that term. Maybe I will and maybe I won't. You're just going to have to listen. I I never was much of a player in Little League, but I sure loved rooting on my teammates from the bench. Yes! Uh, You know, I was put in at catcher a couple of times, like in the seventh inning, if we were way behind, or or if we were way ahead and no one else would volunteer to play that position, and that's where I first heard that term for the catcher's gear. You know, you can get hurt back there if you don't know what you're doing. I know. I played a little catcher, but mostly outfield in high school. You, You played high school baseball? Occasional starting right fielder on the JV team. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Just, just put Johnny on and keep it down, all right? Here he is. Please greet the greatest catcher in Major League Baseball history, Mr. Johnny Bench. Thanks for calling into the show. Oh, happy to I don't say how much I thank you for being on the show. Yep. So, hey, I want to cover just a, a few of your mind-bending <laughs> career accomplishments in a second, but right now, uh, let me state that you're trying to spread the word on a new app available for students, parents, and teachers around the country, and it's called the Smith Smithfield app, the Smithfield app. Uh, give our listeners the basics of what this program can do for those in the educational system. Well, I have seven- and ten-year-old boys, and I have another son that uh, is involved with the apps and development of apps. And so we've already talking about it, and I've seen it out there, but I'm thinking, can we get a better communication between schools and the parents, alumni, and students? And how we get, how can we get an alerts out there when there's a problem within the school? Well, Smithfield, uh, we were having dinner with uh, one of the gentlemen. He said, I want to, we want Smithfield to be involved. So if you just go to smithfieldschoolapp.com, you can see what's, what the app is all about. It is a mobile communication application design specifically for schools, and all the information will be at your fingertips. And all of this information, such as schedules, uh, uh, testing the schedules, any kind of uh, uh, drama clubs, sports scores, right. anything you want to keep updated with. Well, well, Johnny, you were a member of one of the greatest teams in Major League uh, Baseball history, uh, the Big Red Machine. From 70 to 79, you guys won... 900, I believe, in 53 games and an average of 95 wins a year. That is freaking amazing. So how do you think you guys would have stacked up against the 27 wow. or 39 Yankees? Would it have gone seven? No, 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 no. no. It'd be five or six maybe. But oh, okay. Right. No, I don't know. It, it, you know, it's such a great time. And of course, now the playoffs in October. And speaking of October, it, it is a uh, National Bullying Prevention Month. Just think of your kid report a problem that they're getting bullied and alert the school anonymously to being having a problem and that the school can address that. We know that, you know, the third cause of, lead, uh, cause of death is suicide by teens. Right. That we could just provide and stop that a bit. But, you know, being a part of a great team is always so important. 
uh, you know, we were blessed. We had some of the greatest players in the history of the game, and uh, we were able to win back-to-back World Series in 75 and 76. Right. So I, I like being a part of a team. I like continuing on and trying to develop, create new things in our lives that will make all of our lives a lot better. You know, you know, some might be surprised that a former player would own a software company. Yours is called MobileWorks. Are, are you not one, one of those tech nerds who are, are going to soon rule the earth? I mean, you did make all the calls for pitches like over nine innings for 17 seasons, and that takes some real smarts. <laughs> well, I always want to call the right pitches, and I'm always trying to find out something better in my life. You know, I'm looking at apps. I've got apps all over my phone and over my iPad. I'm trying to figure out what works best for me, what works best for uh, what is the best app. And so when you start really checking things out on the app, and you know, you get Angry Birds and everything else, and you get all this stuff, but something that will benefit my kids and benefit me because, you know, the kids come home with a calendar. You know, here's the calendar on a piece of paper. Next thing you know, you can't find the paper. You can't find out what's going on. Now, all of a sudden, I just touch the, touch the front of my phone, and I've got everything that's going on within the school, and I can find it. And it's only one application. It's not like... Others that have to, you have to have three or four different applications to get all your information. Right. Well, you're as a software guy, I have to ask you this: What's your take on analytics in baseball? Is it? It's all the rage, you know. You know, do you are you old school and go more with your eyes and your gut when evaluating a player's performance, or are are you more into into the software apps that are out there? Um, well, I, there's there's a lot to be said for you know how you find out whether how what this hitter's batting against this pitcher and what his success has been and. You know, I remember when Sparky was asked that question. So, Sparky, how do you like that? And how do you judge talent? And he just pointed to his eyes. You know, because Sparky used to call us in and say, hey, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of Bill? Uh, would he be good for the team? We'd say no. What about Jack? Yes. And so he really appreciated Joe, Tony, myself, Pete, being calling us in and talking about a player that we had a chance of maybe trading for and getting on our team. And he wanted to find out what we thought, whether he would fit in the clubhouse, whether he could fit in the lineup, or whether he could just be on the bench and know what his role was and being good enough at it that he would provide what we needed in our team. Wow. Can you even imagine that happening in modern baseball right now with all the front offices stacked with uh, guys from the Harvard with Harvard MBAs? I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, aren't you right? I mean, all these young guys are coming in there like they know everything. Well, it's like, you know, they're like the pencil pushers and everything else and say, oh, I can analyze this guy. Well, in a lot of ways, yeah, you can find out certain things about it. And and there's no question it's going to benefit, definitely. But at the same time, to really get the benefit of knowing whether a guy fits onto the team. Why is he traded so much? Well, now it's free agency. But why is he traded so much? Because he doesn't fit into the team. He's not a team player. Right. And I think that's important. If you're going to try to have have a working team, it's like you working at the station and having your producer and having your manager, having all of the people that are doing the job, you know how easy it becomes whenever you walk in that studio and all the team is working together. So it's important to have that. Right. Well, you know, John, you played in the era where juicing uh, with performance-enhancing substances were not prevalent outside of, say, greenies, you know, amphetamines. Do you think Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Frank Robinson, and yourself, obviously, and others would have like a, a thousand home runs if they cheated too? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, and, and I, you know, I, I, was, I worked in the field growing up as a kid. I didn't know how strong I was actually getting. But, you know, I had, I had lung surgery in 1972, four days after I turned 25. And I had it in December. And I'm thinking about, well, 
you know, if I had had the, the Cybex, if I had had all the kind of different equipment they had to work out, would I have been better? Then I'm thinking, okay, what if I had had, you know, all of this juice to, you know, right. to do it? And, you know, we're all looking for a better solution. You know, we're trying to get ahead. We drink, you know, they say now that when, you, when your muscles go, then you, then you lose, you know, the bone structure and everything else. So, you know, even in today's life, we still have to work out. Uh, you know, I've been told by people that, that know that said you should be taking some, some of this or some of that to help your body. Right. Gosh, Spud. What? Well, I certainly hope you are not considering doing that juicing thing yourself. Uh, excuse me for just one second, Johnny. What are you saying? Well, you are getting older, Spud. Whatever. I know you must be tempted to try out some of those substances they sell on the internet that gives one a boost. You know, you might need them to hit 600-foot home runs, but I bet they also could help keep you hip with the young kids listening. I would never juice myself. I mean, sure, it might be a help in certain areas of my life, but not as a radio talk show host. You know, all that would do is make me even more volatile and pissed off. Probably not something that would, you know, be real good for my career right now. That is so good to hear. I know when a man starts to lose a step as he ages, it's tempting to seek out foreign substances to turn back father time. I get it. Just say no to PEDs. Are you done with the topic? Because I have to get back to Johnny. Oh, yes. By all means, return to your conversation with Mr. Bench. Thank you. Okay, sorry about that, Johnny. I'm back. Well, let me close this thing by saying, again, your company, Mobile Works, in conjunction with Smithfield's Foods, is offering students, parents, and teachers a free product, the Smithfield app, which will provide the complete sharing of school information, including bullying and emergent situations. Hey, I, I want to say I am, we are so honored that you were able to call into our program. We want to thank you very much. Well, thank you. So go to smithfieldschoolapp.com. They can sign up. All right. Thank you, Mr. Johnny. Have a great day. Mr. Johnny Bench. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. We now rejoin the Spud Goodman Show, already in progress. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, Strangely Alright. Gentlemen, please announce your true identity to our listeners and the instrument you are packing. <laughs> hey Spud, I'm Regan Lane and I am the lead singer of this band of Misfits. And over on guitar, we've got Troy Moss. On the bass, we have Ken Schaff. Mm -hmm. And on the drums, Jason Bear. On the keyboards, Raymond Hayden. Mm -hmm. And my partner in crime on the guitar, Sean Van Domlin. Hi, hi. Dang, that's a heck of a lot of guys. How many is that? I think it's six. All right. I'm glad he had it. I think. All right. (laughs) Counted. So what's the band's official position on fondue? A big part of your lives or just a daily staple in your diet? An occasional treat. 
Okay. All right. Super. You know, I'm going to skip the musical influences question. I only allow myself to ask that question uh, quarterly. So is there a band out there that you clearly do not want to emulate? You know, that's, that's had absolutely no influence whatsoever. Someone besides, of course, Nickelback. Somebody that you just want to steer clear of. <laughs> um, I've drawn a blank. There's a lot of bad stuff out there right now. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be political on this, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. I am. Okay, fine. All Why right. don't you ask me who I like? Well, <laughs> yeah, I could. I could. All right. So if, if uh, strangely all right were commissioned as uh, head poobahs of rock, what would be your first official proclamation? That all bands have to play live. Oh, all I right. like it. Super. Okay. Um, now you guys have some new tunes out now. Where can people access them? Uh, iTunes, Amazon, all the usual places. Uh, we've got a new single called The Whoa Whoa Song, Let Me Know. And uh, yeah, just all the usual places, but iTunes and uh, Amazon are the main deals. All right, super. Well, what's the name of the next song? This next song is called What You Gonna Do. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mississippi, baby, no, I'm gonna miss you, but I'm feeling the things I can do. Baby, baby, I leave you blue. Well, I run to California, girl, I better warn you, I'm looking for some light in the sky. Baby, baby, I don't you cry. Oh, no. Lonely girl, I know I'm not the only boy who ever had a chance with your love. Baby, baby, I got enough. Seems to be a looking for a place that I was cooking, cooking up some time in the sun. Baby, baby, I'm needing love. Oh, yeah, Sean. Ooh, 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 ooh
Hi, this is Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. Hey, uh, Spud, your last guest, Emo Phillips, is good to go. All right, I am a fan of this guy. Very funny man. You know, I know he has been on the show before, but I Googled him anyway, and it seems a lot of people have described Emo as... Uh, a bit odd. Here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Who wants to go see a stand-up comic that is, like, totally normal? That would be really boring. Yeah, I, I guess so. I think Emo Phillips taps into a different world, and, and sure, one is, you know, maybe only exists in his own head, but it's always so enjoyable speaking with him, so just put him through, man. Yeah, okay, here he is. Welcome back to the show, comedian Emo Phillips. What's happening, Emo? Oh, nothing. I'm very, very excited to be coming back to our nation's capital, Tacoma. Uh, yeah. I have to Google that, though. But you're set to appear at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Yes. Um, they work me like a dog. Yep. Yep. But but I'm excited because, um, uh, what was the question? Well, you got a gig. You got a gig in our area. So. Oh, I got a gig. I'm working. Yes, there That's you right. go. That's right. And for those, you know, that are not in this area because we're aired around the country, um, they should go to emophillips.com because I'm pretty sure you're going to come to their town too. So anyway, let me get into this. I know time is of the I, essence. I, I, I play everywhere eventually. All right. Um, well, tonight on the show, we're talking about the aspect of civilized society, basically breaking down into tribes, you know, clubs for people who think and act alike. Because historically, humans have tended to embrace those that are, you know, are like themselves. Do you belong to a tribe, Emil Phillips? Do I belong to a tribe? Yes. Oh, goodness me. <clears throat> uh, I, um, I, don't, I don't think I do. I think I, I am a citizen of the universe. Mm, I like I'm that. a floating ethereal spirit with no affinities or acrimonies with or against anyone. Wow, super. I like that. Um, well, um, from let me ask you this. Um, what's your Except the Amish. The Amish, yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, Emo, what's your take on Elon? I knew this Amish girl. She was excommunicated. Two Mennonite. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, let me ask you, what's your take on Elon Musk charging $10 billion to visit Mars? Overpriced? What do you think? I think I think the Martians should give him a deal. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, on, that you know, first, on that first trip, maybe though... The Martians, maybe the Martians can sell souvenirs, and, you know, maybe... Yeah, that's the thing. You want to lower the price. Don't want to make it too expensive. That's a good point. Oh, there, then... 
and then you know, the, the, then you could uh, um, charge him a lot for the hotel. Right. I was thinking if we Don't waited the think? last minute, you know, Once the standbys would be cheaper. You got them. Right. That's true. That's true. So you, so you don't charge too much to get them there. But then, you know, oh, guess what? The flight's delayed an hour, but you could go to the gift shop. See, that's how you get them. That's true. That's a good point. Well, let me ask you this. As far as comedy goes, was there anybody who really influenced you? I mean, it'd be tough for others to make a guess on that one after seeing your stand-up, because you're very original. Was there, was there anybody, though, that maybe influenced you? Um, I think I, I, I just used to watch everyone in general. I, I've always loved just watching everybody and just taking them, you know, not taking, but just, you know, absorbing myself, being in just, you know, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, kind of? Just, just not really any one person. Okay, okay. I'm kind of like, kind of like those, those little mechanical robots from the 50s that kids would have. Yes. And the robot would just keep walking, and it would hit a wall, then it would walk in a different direction. Well, that's okay. So that, that's how I was. It's like, oh, I keep, oh, I'm a bit too much like Jackie Gleason now. Then I walk up, oh, I'm, now I'm too much like uh, Oliver Hardy, you know, whatever. And then, you know, just try to always find my original way. Well, you certainly have, because there's nobody oh, like Emo Phillips. Having seen you, you know, in concert, uh, in with your live act, uh, yeah, there's nobody like you. Let's just put it that way, so... Aw, thank you very much. Right. Well, um, Emo, can I ask a personal that's question? That's been said of a lot of psychopaths as well. That's, well, that's a good point, too. Um, can I ask a personal question? I hope I, I hope I use it for good rather than evil. Well, I, I like to believe you do. I mean, I'm just I'm saying that on faith. Thank you. I don't know that for a fact, but, you know, I like to I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. So, um, can I, can I ask you? Thank you. You're a good man. I try, I try to be. I want to ask you a personal question. This is like the second time you've been on the show, so I feel like, you know, we're pretty close. What was your first kiss like? Was it memorable or quickly forgotten as it was less than satisfactory? What do you think? My first kiss, I'll, I'll never forget. It was, um, um, it was in the, <laughs> I think I was in fourth grade, and uh, there was this, this, this um, she, she had red hair, and, um, I <laughs> I worked up my courage and I, and um and I uh, I uh, I kissed her and um in in the in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't. She was. Look, she was looking the other way, and I just. I just. I just. I kissed her right in the cafeteria, and uh, it was. And I. I tried to get away really quickly, you know, but. My my fingers were were were, were caught in her hairnet. <laughs> wow! Right. Yeah. How old were you? And, can I ask? I was I was I said I was in fourth grade, fourth so this grade. would have been about twenty. Twenty. Okay, there you go. That's what I was trying to get out of you. Okay, super. Spud. What? I think you're making emo uncomfortable asking him about his romantic life as an adolescent. It is a little inappropriate, if you ask me. Uh, excuse me for just a sec, emo. Oh, anything? Sure, sure, sure. I didn't ask you, and there you go again with that inappropriate word again. If I followed your advice, there would be nothing I could ask my guests. I mean, do you want me to be like freaking Ryan Seacrest and ask everyone if they had fun working on some movie or TV show? You know, maybe bring up where they last went on vacation, the south of France or Fiji? This is not infotainment, okay? I am on a mission here. Yes, but 
having boundaries in your interviews would be a real help to your career. Like, would you ask the Pope about his romantic life prior to, of course, being the Pope? Okay, probably not. Pope Francis is not a celebrity. You know, when he blesses the Kardashians, then I might go there if I ever got the chance to interview him. Emo Phillips knows the process. As I said, he's a legendary comedian and has been interviewed by the best, okay? I think I remember even seeing him on the old Mike Douglas show when I was a little kid. So enough said. Very well. But one day, your reckless interviewing manner is going to blow up on you. And don't forget, I told you so. No one likes a know-it-all, okay, man? Just zip and let me finish up here with Emo. Let me say once again, you'll be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club, and listeners in other cities um, can find where you're appearing at emophillips.com. All right, I want to say how much I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life uh, to come on our little radio show again, okay? Oh, it's my pleasure. Anything to help ham radio. You you guys are so great when there's a hurricane or a tornado and you alert the other operators in your basements and, and that you save so many, many lives. And I've, I've always appreciated that. Well, it's, it's good to get some credit. All right. There you have it, Mr. Emo Phillips. Every second you lose, you lose. All right, we're about done here, so hey, Derek, can can you check and see if it's raining outside? I have a brand new pair of Jordans on, and I don't want to be stepping in any puddles. Not at 185 bucks. Yeah, all right, uh, just let me check my phone. I'll let you know here. I'm looking at it. Dude, just go outside the studio and stick your hand out to see if it gets wet. And if it is, if it is raining, a real personal assistant would have an umbrella ready to go and walk me, you know, to my car with it. Just a second, Spud. Nah, it says the rain isn't expected until morning, so your tennis shoes are safe. How can you call Air Jordan's tennis shoes? That's ridiculous. Uh, People in my Nike tribe are seriously questioning your grasp of reality. I mean, do you are you in touch with reality? Seriously, do you know how many millions of people dig Air Jordans? A whole lot more than the the total number of those ISIS creeps. You know, those losers, that's for sure. You know, and let me say this, for the record, those guys have a horrible fashion sense. Those black jumpsuits are beyond lame. I just wanted to say that. You know, Spud, I was thinking of something that might bring the world together in this time of division and strife. It might be a good time for aliens from another planet to invade Earth. Courtney, Chloe. Not like take it over and blow up our malls, but you know maybe just threaten us. Uh, I I bet that will unite all humans on Earth to join forces in an effort to defend our very existence. Maybe. What race, religion, or country we come from would cease to matter. Or what bands and TV shows we like or despise. We would probably forget about all that stuff, you know, until we were victorious over the aliens. I mean, I couldn't, but most people would. It's not that easy. Uh, hey, Spud, can I go now? I have to take a leak. No, you're going to hold it. You're still on the clock. That is messed up, yo. Now, I I don't know what the chances of a real alien invasion are. You you would have to run that by our show psychic, Ted Mark. But this would be the perfect time. Mr. Goodman, I really have to use the restroom. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. Fine. Well, clock back in when you're done. And don't forget to thoroughly wash your hands with decent soap and warm water. Always. Thanks. All right. 
Well, there he goes. Spud, you should lighten up on Derek. I'm just trying to whip him into shape so we can get a real job. Hell will freeze over. Uh, getting back to that alien invasion, though, yeah. I just thought of how maybe this radio show could possibly bring the world together without really risking you know, our, our total annihilation by visitors from another planet. Uh-huh. This has been done before, so I'm not going to claim that it's totally my idea, but what about doing another War of the Worlds bit on, on this radio show? It would take... You know, a lot of work in rehearsing, but I bet we could, you know, fake some people out, you know, just like Orson Welles did. Brilliant guy, no matter how chubby he was. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. Uh, Please don't fat shame the late Orson Welles. And it only makes common sense. And you do know the Mercury Theater radio broadcast was heard by millions, Spud. This show could only scare up what? A few thousand? Look, I I know know we don't have the largest audience, but with, say, Twitter and Snapchat, all we would need to do is put it out on social media, you know, and, uh, well, yeah, uh, of course... I know we'd have to put on some porn tags and everything, but yeah. I tell you, it would blow up and it could really help the show. Even though afterwards, people are probably going to be kind of pissed that, you know, they they got punked by us. Well, I don't know if this is a good idea. We don't want to alienate the few loyal listeners we have. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? It, it sounds risky to me. Hey, no guts, no glory. We can talk about it later. Right okay. now, I need to say, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once Bye-bye. again, here are Strangely All Right. Shining stars.
Bud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin, Trent Patello, and Amanda Tompkins. Video director TJ Pikes. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. The show's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. On-air talents Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, David Deere, Derek Schneider, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Oh,